Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Good morning. Or afternoon. I don't know when you're listening to this. And that's what's great about podcasts. Um, we are on episode 22 today in the middle series. And we are really excited because we're talking today about the middle of our calling. Um, and what we mean by that, when we're talking about the middle, we feel like in a lot of areas of our lives, specifically the three we're focusing on, there can be extremes of like, you're either following your calling. I just did air quotes. You couldn't see that. To the point where you're like, <laughs> what am I called to eat for breakfast? And you're like weird about it. Or you're like, not at all following. You know what I'm saying? How do I help me help me articulate? I haven't had enough coffee. Uh, how to articulate what you're saying about yes oh so we're just talking about so this is the calling that we have in our lives for our roles so we're talking about yeah I mean it's not just you know your job but like everything we're called to in life how do we balance all of that and still Mm -hmm. use the gifts and the um stuff that God has given us to do and like and like how do we take responsibility and own our role instead of waiting for God I guess to like show us every single tiny step all the time you know So we're trying to think of a balanced way to approach our calling and how to just integrate that into our lives. So um, I know you're like, who are you even going to interview? Let me tell you, Heather McFadden. And the reason we're interviewing her is because if you haven't heard of her, she's the host of the God-Centered Mom podcast, which is really popular. I think every mm, Christian mom I know listens to it. Um, It's great. If you have any, just if you've never heard of it, we're going to link to it below and you need to go. If there's any parenting issue you have, truly it's on there. She's covered so many great things and she just has such a spirit of, you're just so normal and I just appreciate it. You're so honest and normal. And I know personally for me, um, when my twins were little and I was a new stay at home mom, it was just a lifeline to me to be able to plug in and know like other women are doing this. I'm not alone. They have the same problems as me. And to just have that compassionate voice of Heather. Um, So I love that you do that. But the reason you came to mind for us for our calling episode is you are also a very busy mom. You have four boys and they rate ancient. Well, you can introduce them in a second. So we thought you were just such a good example of a woman who is stepping into your gifts and talents while also like balancing your responsibilities. It seems like from the internet, which probably isn't true and you can talk about that, (laughs) (laughs) but we thought you would be a great person to talk to because obviously, I mean, just based on the proof is in the pudding, like your podcast is really popular. You were filling a need. The Lord did call you to do this. So we want to kind of talk about that process with you, but first, could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Thank you guys for having me on your show, Rebecca and Rebecca. Um, So (laughs) I'm Heather McFadden and I am the mom to four boys. Like you said, they're aged between six and 13. In fact, the youngest turned six and a half officially yesterday on the day my oldest turned 13 yesterday. Oh, wow. Wow. To the day. They are six and a half years. Milestone. Yeah, it was a big day and they all went to school for the first time. (gasps) Um, They go every day. But my youngest gets out at noon. Okay. Three of days. So, but every morning I am getting them all in uniforms, all water bottles, all homework signed, but then they leave. I guess so, my question is, why are you talking to us and not? I know. Why did I do that? <laughs> I know. My husband was like, I hope you get lots of quiet time today. I said, well, I'm doing an interview. He goes, but that was your choice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it really quick. Noted. That was my choice. Um, but. It is weird. It is weird to have that time. Although I have 
royally filled it with so many things. So, um, yeah, yeah we'll see how it goes. But I'm that's where I am in this stage, 13 years yeah. into being a mom. Wow. Yeah. Well, both my kids are now officially, this is the first year they're both in school full time. And so it's funny because I thought it was going to be all this long, luxurious time and they go, they're both full day every day and it still gets filled. There's always, there's always something that needs to be done. So yeah, yeah, totally. So I guess the question then is, how did you get to where you are now doing the God Center Mom podcast? I mean, obviously you had four boys, the oldest is 13. So you've been a mom for 13 years. Like where did this process start and how did you get to where you are now? Back when I was the first young mom, we didn't have <laughs> Facebook and Instagram like y'all do. Uh, so I think it was after my second was born, mm-hmm. 2007, eons ago, I started a blog. Yes. Because everybody did. Because that's what everybody did, yeah. That's what everybody did. And that's where my parents that live far away and my husband's parents that live far away could see pictures of the kids and so we could tell your, funny stories. That was like your reason for starting it. Was like to I started, it was called the Mac Boys. Okay. Yeah. The Mac boys and all your friends have a, had a blog back then yeah. and yeah. got a blog roll and everybody would check each other's. Yeah. I remember. Silly. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I did that. And when my third was born, I was really struggling with motherhood. I always wanted to be a mom and then I was hating it. Yeah. I would roll out of bed and they just had constant needs. And I, the way my personality works, I'm very reactive. And so I could never get ahead of my day. It just felt constantly rolled over by these three kids instead of enjoying them and seeing it as a gift and a blessing. Like I didn't see it that it was just survival every day. And a friend of mine said, you should check out Cat Lee's Hello Mornings. And she said mornings. I was like, oh no, are you going to tell me to get up early? (laughs) I barely get any sleep anyway. I would I would wait until my husband was leaving. He would hang out with the kids early in the morning and I would wait till he was just about to leave. He would wake me up and I would get out of bed then Mm -hmm. so I could get as much sleep as possible uh, before starting the day. And this friend was saying I should get up early and the book she recommended was called Maximize Your Mornings. And I thought, no way. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. But I checked it out in the way Catley, who's now a very good friend of mine all these years later, um, she said, just start five minutes, five minutes earlier, go to bed five minutes earlier, wake up five minutes earlier. And in those five minutes, read a verse, do some push-ups or something. Yeah. <laughs> Look at your calendar. Like it didn't have to be this huge inductive Bible study, yeah. but just start your day a little bit ahead of your kids. And she said, um, the way she was motivated was that she wanted to get up for her kids, not to her kids or for your life, not to your life. Yeah. And it, that she then started a, an accountability group and I began having this habit of waking up early and in that morning time and actually reading God's word and praying, yeah. he was revealing things to me in my motherhood and who he is. And instead of before where it was all about my kids I was a speech pathologist and so, you know, I had all the theme books and all the things and just working really hard to make everything about my kids and making them happy. And then I was burnt out and I was just all about me and how can I be happy? Mm. God said, I have a bigger plan here. And if I'm in the center of your life and you humble yourself to see that I have plans and you just follow me and start your day with me and I provide you what you need, uh, you don't have to worry about making them happy or making yourself happy. I will meet those needs. And so, uh, I started writing about it. I started another blog called God Center Mom 
and that's where I would write. And I wrote there for three years and then um, thought I was going to write a book. Didn't happen. Had all this space assigned for it. And so when I, that uh, didn't happen, I started a podcast. That was five years ago. And we get to listen to Rebecca's dog barking. My dog so. is a constant. <laughs> he's, a, he's kind of a, he's also a part of the show. So it's fine. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's so good to hear that. We have a very similar, and Rebecca actually just kicked me under the table because I, we have a very similar kind of story. I mean, my, um, I had, I waited, we waited longer to have kids. We've been married for 17 years, but I, I only have an eight. My oldest is eight. So we waited a while to have kids, but, um, I was in full-time ministry and then started having kids. And so I decided to start staying home. I started blogging because that's what everybody did. We started blogging and then I wanted to write a book and all the rejections started coming in. So that's where the podcast came from. And this is not an episode about me, but it's just interesting that we have a similar trajectory. Yeah. So, so going back though, I'm curious. So you were a speech language pathologist. What, what made you stay home with your kids? Was it? Oh, I actually, when my oldest was born I still worked a little bit yeah and I actually taught at a university uh a course and so he would come with me and a student would watch him in my office for three hours at a time Mm -hmm. and then during nap times I would work on lectures and tests and all that thing those kind of things and then um when he went into Mother's Day out I would see one or two clients on those Tuesday Thursdays and it would totally pay for the Mother's Day out so I stayed in it and then eventually when I had my third it was like it's not work. It's not cost effective. Yes. It's taking mm-hmm. so much energy. It's not yes. really feeding my soul. But I always have to have a something else. Yeah, me too. Like, I have That's to have exactly. something I create that doesn't get undone. It's not the laundry. It's not organizing closets. Those don't do it for me. It's something that is helping someone. Yeah, outside of me. Yeah. So let me ask you, because that's exactly where I was. I was a chef. I guess you don't stop being any of these things, but. It just, it, like, literally, I became a stay-at-home mom because the cost of daycare for twin babies was more than I ever could make. So it was a very quick and easy decision. Mm-hmm. For, not easy, but <laughs> simple decision, I should say. Um, but I felt the same way. And I had a lot of guilt as a younger mom or a newer mom thinking, like, I should be all about my kids. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and not wanting to go into those things that really gave me life and feeling bad for them and feeling like I must be selfish Did you struggle with that kind of stuff? You know, I am going to blow this conversation out of the water with something that one of my guests taught me. Did you listen to my episode with Kat Armstrong? I know Kat. I know Kat from school. What was the subject? (laughs) She is a, she's a mom who works outside the home. She's, she ministers to women who work and she talked about calling versus assignment. Yes, 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 yes. I did listen to that one. Yes. So I feel like it takes this whole conversation and just puts it in a different box Yes. instead of this clawing around looking for what, what should I be doing? She clearly outlined calling as a believer is all the same to go and spread the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's your calling. Yeah. The way we do that is through assignments. Yeah. So when you're a chef, that's your assignment. When you're, when your kids are little and they're twins, that's your assignment. Yeah. And I do fully, I mean, moms can't work outside the home. There are moms all over the world that are not with their kids all day. Yeah. But I do think that as all my boys went off to school yesterday, I don't have any regrets. Mm-hmm. I have zero regrets that I, I was a hands and feet, hands and feet of Jesus to them. Yeah. 
connected to them, met their needs, cuddled them, read to them, fed them. There's value and ministry in that. And we, I never want to diminish that for young moms. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not selfish to want to feed your gifts. I don't know why it has to be an and or sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's good. So I was able to always find an outlet Mm -hmm. for my gifts. Mm -hmm. It may not have been a full-time corporate job for me. I have friends that have done full-time corporate jobs and still love, care. They are amazing moms. Yeah. It works for them. And we can't judge and say there's one way to do this. And that's where the God-centered approach comes to because each woman is hearing from God. Each woman is gifted so uniquely and her bandwidth for that may be different than my bandwidth. And I just trust that. I have always loved little kids and playing with them and doing crafts. I like that. I enjoy that. That's part of what my job was. But I also love ideas and talking. And so I get that outlet through the podcast. But I think the key is when you're looking at what's my calling and what's being selfish is where in your day, where in your life right now, are you going and making disciples and preaching the gospel? Yeah. Like where are you sharing the good news? That's your assignment. That's your circle. And I just, I feel like true humility is to occupy that God given space. That is actually the Jewish definition of humility is to occupy your God-given space. And right now in that season of little kids, that space is to care for intense needs of little ones. Mm -hmm. That takes a lot of time and energy. And if, and if the option isn't to have do childcare, then, then you have your answer, right? Like you said, it was pretty simple, but I don't think that, um, I think that sometimes we then add a lot of emotion to it. Like, is it right? Is it wrong? <laughs> Am I bad? Am I good? We're trying to find our position. We're looking. Ar- so then new moms look around what's she doing mm-hmm. and comparing, contrasting. And if we kept our eyes fixed on what does God have for me and where do I have peace? Mm-hmm. Not ease. I didn't say ease. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Some of these choices. It's not when Paul had the assignments he had in the New Testament. Those weren't easy right. to be assigned to a prison and being beaten as you write letters. That wasn't easy. But he was content there, no matter what the circumstances, because he knew he was right where God wanted him to be in that assignment. No, that's good. That's good. I, I like that um, definition of calling because I think calling, we can say calling all day long and, and everybody's going to have different definitions for what that is. So I like that that's a, a very simple definition. And then out of that is different assignments because I think sometimes we get those mixed up and that our assignments are actually our calling. Mm-hmm. And I think about um, in the Westminster Catechism, you know, the first question is, what is the chief end in man? And the chief end in man is to um, enjoy God and glorify him forever. And so like that, that is our calling. And that, but that the way we glorify God looks different in all of our lives. So I think that that's a good starting point um, at, when we're just when we're defining calling. Yeah, and not and, and not even just your life versus my life, but even within my life. Yeah, from one year to the next, yes. from one moment to the next. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, how do you feel like in those early years where you decided to be a stay at home mom and like you weren't doing your part time work anymore? how did you still have outlets? Cause I think that's yeah. kind of what we want to go yeah. to is like, you don't that, have full time. Yeah, no, I think that's being creative. 
Mm-hmm. So one assignment that God gave me that was totally, I, I can only see as assignment now looking back was after nap time, I took walks with my boys around the neighborhood mm-hmm. and we passed Miss Pam's house and talked to her and pet her dogs. I had no idea, fast forward 10 years, that she would then be ministering to my mom, that her sister would attend our church, that she's still not a believer, but she is drawn to the gospel because of seeing our family all these 10 years of being in relationship. Oh, wow. Yeah, That was an assignment. I was, I was glorifying God by taking my boys on a walk after nap time. Mm-hmm. Not glamorous. There was no platform. Mm-hmm. It was just a regular um, me thinking I'm getting out of the house because boys need to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Having no clue. This is the thing. We have such limited view. We have such limited time, right? We all get the same amount. So as moms, we have to recognize our limitedness in our time. So we can't say yes to all the things and a limitedness in our awareness of what God's doing. He is the only one who knows the whole plan from before he created the earth till the new heaven and earth come. He's the only one. So to think that I have it figured out and that I'm going to do X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. to make him happy or to do the right thing. I just have to do what's right in front of me Mm -hmm. and, and trust that it's right. So what are some of those assignments? That was one taking a walk around the neighborhood. Another was um, some friends were involved in mops and, I started going to MOPS every other week and then we got on leadership. I think MOPS does a great job of providing leadership roles to stay-at-home moms who are talented and gifted in administration and other skill sets that they need an outlet for but don't know where to go. Yeah. I've seen a lot of women find a lot of satisfaction and success in that. Um, I think that you can, like if you're a chef, I think I just saw a mom the other day say that she helped out a mom, I think the mom paid her. So it was kind of a job, but she went and cooked all her meals for the month, mm-hmm. helped her like meal plan. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something that is, requires a big stage or that makes them a lot of money unless your family needs the money. That's yeah. the other thing. Like it's a luxury to think about staying home. <laughs> That's yeah. a luxury for most of the world. But as American young moms, it's something that we process a lot. Yeah, definitely. So, so, so that was that space after you quit working full time, but then you decided to start, you felt called to start the God Center Mom podcast. As you leaned into that, what did that look like practically as you were making that decision? What's so funny is I'm not a planner yeah. at all. I'm a planner. And when you say like, I felt called, it didn't even feel like a calling. Yeah. Like it felt like. Again, like, okay, what's something I can use my gifts? And I've got, I have a couple friends that they have podcasts. They could help me set it up. I have time uh, because I stopped doing this other thing. I stopped leading this conference. Um, huh, I, c- I could start a podcast. Not thinking this will be huge or this is, I'm going to do this to make money. Like it was, mm-hmm. I like talking more than writing. That's how simple it was. It yeah. wasn't even, God, do you think I should do this? I don't even know if I consulted him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't think that, I, I, I think he, he's so much bigger than even, I don't know. I'm just being afraid just, of like making the wrong, you're like, yes. yeah, yeah, I know. There's a new book out by Dr. Um, Egerich, I think is his last name, Emerson yeah. Egerich, yeah. called The Four Wills of God. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds right, correct, yes. 
portfolios like that. And I love it because it's basically four questions you ask yourself when you're trying to make a decision about something. Huh. And if it's if it fits, like you're not breaking any of God's major laws in doing it, go for it. Yeah. Don't overprocess it. Don't worry about the outcome. I think we worry too much about how what's what's this going to lead to. I, you never know what it's going to lead to. Yeah. My uh, pursuing a book led to this. Yeah. So you just don't, you just do like uh, Emily Freeman's do the next right thing. I think she yeah. didn't say that first, but you know, you just do the next right thing. Or like Daniel Mott says, you drive by your headlights, you know? Which, like, yeah. Daniel Mott says, drive by your headlights. Like I always think of that because it's true. It's like you can drive, you know, millions of miles just by the space in front of you that your headlights can reach. Yeah. Yeah. Does the Bible say your lamp is a light into my path? It's a lamp. It only shows so far. So much of the Bible is about the path, walking with God, the journey. Mm -hmm. It's not about the, you know, it's a, it's about going with him. Mm -hmm. Are you walking with the Lord? Are you in conversation with the Lord? So I think if you're confused about your assignments, that might be a time to lean into maybe a social media break, maybe a time where you're dedicating prayer in the morning. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a, doing some personality testing and seeing like, what am I good at? Or going back and saying, what did I enjoy doing as a kid? What, what would bring me life right now? Yeah. I think sometimes we think the things that bring us life um, are too easy and we should pick the hard things. Yeah. Ooh. Can, do you have like an example of that? So I have a friend who she really loves missions overseas, uh-huh. but that's too easy for her. So that shouldn't count. She should do the things like children's ministry, which she hates. Yeah. That yeah, I think a lot because God's teaching us more or something, right? Yeah, or like that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Service is sacrifice. And mm-hmm. so because children's ministry is harder for me, I should do that, which is ridiculous. Yeah. He, occupying your God-given space, that humility is saying, these, these are the ways he wired me. This is the time and place he's put me. These are the interests he's given me. These are the experiences based on the home I was raised in what my mom loved to do, what I love to do that I can then add to the world. And when we devalue them, when we think, well, everybody knows how to do that. No, they don't. Yeah. They don't know how to do that. So true. Yeah, definitely. So, so owning your story, owning your gifts, owning your interests, owning your position, all help you to humbly live out the assi- assignment he's given you right now. Yeah. So you brought up social media Um, I feel like we've talked about this a lot recently, but I'm going to talk about it now because (laughs) I think for, for women, you know, I know men compare in different ways, but I think for, for women, it's like we go on social media and we think, what's she doing? Because we do feel insecure and we're not sure what we're supposed to do. So then the first thing you do is you look at everyone else. And I want to know, like, how did you, because, well, I guess social media wasn't really a thing as much, right? When you were kind of starting this or... When I, when I first had kids, it wasn't a yeah. thing. It wasn't a thing. I think, man, maybe my third kid Instagrams just started, but people didn't really use it. Yeah. yeah. We, I, I remember with my wedding, what I would look at was the wedding story on TLC. That was the <laughs> most I had to go off of. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are they doing at their wedding? 
or the baby story, whatever. You're like, you watch all those. And you're uh-huh. like, yeah. What are the? <laughs> what did they do? That was the most I had to compare besides talking to my friends. Yeah. yeah. And I think the hardest for me at that stage was the play groups. Okay. My close friends. Yeah. Well, she X Y and Z organic baby food yada yada yada. Uh-huh. But I didn't have super mom over there across the ocean who I don't even know to compare myself to. It was my friend that I was sitting next to. How would you like, so now that I feel like we are still comparing ourselves to our friends, but now there's this added layer of like people magazine, baby section and like celebrity moms and social media moms and all this. Like how, how would you, cause I think comparison and just seeing what other people are doing and thinking like, oh, well, it can just really muddy up the waters of trying to discern our next right step, as Emily Freeman would say. Like, how would, what would your advice be to somebody? I think it's super hard. I, I mean, I think yeah. it is really, really hard. And I think that the women who have been given beautiful gifts and talents that aren't stage worthy feel less than. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have a really good friend who is the one who told me to read the Cat Lee book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If she hadn't told me to read that book, yeah, she was discipling me. So is discipleship not stage worthy? Do we not disciple people because it's not big enough? Um, she's also one who's prayed with me. She prayed with me just at family camp, you know, this last month and heal, healed a huge wound I had. Like if she hadn't had the gift of prayer, I wouldn't be healed. You know what I mean? Like I think... Unfortunately, we're not giving enough credence to small, like what we would quote unquote say smaller giftings Mm -hmm. or smaller assignments. And so if I think social media is not the evil, sin is evil and the enemy will use what he can to keep us off track and keep us from what God has us to do. So if you're feeling that, I think you always have to look, okay, which people or accounts am I following and it makes me feel yuckier after I see it yeah. then you then you stop following them yeah don't worry about if they see that you stop following them you just stop yeah because your soul health is more important than whatever feelings you think you're going to hurt that's yeah. their hoop it's not your hoop you're taking care of your hoop and I, I think it's our choice what we consume can you um I know what you're talking about with your hoop Yes. That episode, will you explain a little bit? Because I really like this analogy. Uh, my pastor's wife, I think she learned it from counseling. I think it's a pretty common counseling term, but you basically imagine everyone has a hula hoop around them and you only can be concerned with what's in your hoop. Kind of the boundary stuff with Townsend and Cloud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it, with my kids, I can't in their hoop make them happy. Yeah. It's not my responsibility to make someone happy. It's not my responsibility if I do something and it hurts their feelings. That's on their end. Now, I don't intentionally hurt their feelings, but if I can't make my decisions thinking this could hurt their feelings. Yeah, right. I, I can never know how something's received. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about blatant. Right, right, right. Yeah. things. Yeah. But I think we over-concern ourselves with what's in someone else's hoop. Yeah. We over-concern ourselves with um, making things better for people in their hoop when we don't have that power. Again, we're limited. Yeah. We're limited. Our space, mm-hmm. not trying to occupy somebody else's space yeah. for them. So um, I think 
with social media to answer your question, it is so hard. And I just can only imagine what it will be like for our kids already, the teens right now. Um, if we, as I'm 40, struggle with it. Yeah. How much harder when you're younger and that's all you know. Uh, but I think setting that model for our kids too, that you're not uh, constantly looking at it and talking about it. And I remember I was scrolling one day and my boy, my son looked over my shoulder and he said, who's that? And pointed to some kid. And I didn't even know who the kid was. Yeah. It's like somebody count yeah. I was following. I don't even know the name of the kid. Yeah. My kid is, is sitting right next to me. I'm totally yeah. ignoring him to look at somebody else's kid. That I don't even know their name. Yeah. Yeah. But I still, I mean, I still find that it's a constant struggle to not look and to set boundaries. And I use the moment app and it tells me like how many hours I've been on my phone that day and where yeah. I've been. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anybody can look, you can look at your battery life. Yeah. And it shows you how many hours you've spent at different apps. Oh, yeah. really? Did you yes. know that? In the yeah. settings? Yeah. I don't want to know. <laughs> so, so my question is, because you are, you do have a ministry that is, I mean, we we do too with our podcast like it's almost a necessity to have social media I would say it is a necessity to have social media to push all of that out there what kind of boundaries do you put up in your life because I think that everybody has this because almost whatever whether you do a podcast or you have a blog or you're an interior designer or you're whatever you're in a corporate job that has to use social media because everybody's using it for marketing how do you put those boundaries up um, to separate that because you have to do it yeah, I I don't um, follow rules that other people set up. Yeah, like anytime there's some guru out there telling me I should X, Y, and Z. Yeah, you don't know what I should do. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> What's I your enneagram number? Four. Me too. Four wing three. Me too. You guys are both four wing grace. Yep. Yep. I was like, I'm the same. Okay. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. <laughs> you, don't, yeah, you, don't, you don't tell me what formula to use. No. <laughs> Could it grow? I mean, there's another mom podcast. They started way after me. They're yeah. way bigger on Instagram than I am. Yeah. They have a whole team. Yeah. Could I do that? Could that be a struggle if I was like, oh man, what am I doing wrong that they're just going and blowing? But again, occupy my God-given space. I don't I didn't have the bandwidth in the last year to manage anything that size. Anytime you grow to that size, that takes a huge amount of time and effort. I mean, even to the point this summer, I took like a little break and I, on my Insta stories, turned off the ability for people to comment. Like they couldn't send me a message right after. Yeah. And it helped my time so greatly. I wasn't having to respond to like people saying, oh, they're so cute. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, thank you. Because then you you feel this, that you need to respond to that. Yeah. Or you're a jerk face. You're a total jerk face in their mind. Right. I can't control their reaction. But I know as a woman, I don't want her to think I'm, you know, super mean because I won't respond to her comment. But I turned it off and I had my sister-in-law, another friend texting me. Why can't I comment on your Insta story? (laughs) I said, you found me. You found me. You texted me. Yeah. It takes me too long to get over here. And I was like, well, then it wasn't important enough to say. It was important enough to say. You'll find me. Yeah. Or on my site right now, you can't really email me. There's not really a way to find, to email me. Yeah. That's so smart. And pe- 
Yeah. But people will say, I couldn't really, your, your website didn't really have an email option. I was like, yeah, <laughs> so weird. I wonder why. So I think I put boundaries in place because I did not have the bandwidth to be answering every single yeah. um, request to be on the podcast or uh, read this book or we want to send you this or I don't, I, I just don't in this season have that mm-hmm. space. And so I can't worry about hurting everybody's feelings. I can't worry about that. Yeah. Um, I think the most important people that I look out for are, of course, are my family. In regards to the podcast, the listeners, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt that relationship. So I'm never going to sacrifice that for other things. So it's keeping your priorities in place helps you set your boundaries. Yeah. Um, Sally Clarkson used to talk about the filter. Yeah. She would put her most important things and then it, it, whatever came at her, if it didn't fit that through that filter, yeah. mm-hmm. it was a no. Yeah. But it's really hard to say no. It is really hard. It's really hard when you're, so for us, we're, we're somewhat at the beginning stages. I mean, we're almost at our 25th episode. We started in mm-hmm. like March and it's hard when you're starting out to like worry that you're, if you say no, then mm-hmm. you're missing an open door that could help grow you or whatever like it's it's having that like proper perspective is can be hard because things are being thrown at you all the Mm -hmm. time and you need to do this you need to do this and if you said yes to this and that would open this and and it's and it's and only god can know that yeah 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 i think that's us trying to think we have an idea of where this is going because some guru said, if you X, Y, and Z and post this many times a week, you'll grow your blah, 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 blah. I mean, I knew someone, she hired someone to run her Instagram account. Yes. And the person she hired kept following and unfollowing me. And she's a friend of mine. And I thought, I know she's doing it to get my attention. Yeah. So that every time she follows me, I see it. Yes. And I go click over there and then I follow her. It's uh-huh. like this trick I don't I am so not for that yeah. <laughs> and I even told my friend I said whoever you hire just keeps following and unfollowing me and it is really annoying yeah. <laughs> as you they're doing it as you, you. Yes. Yes. and anyway I just and then they would post like pictures that didn't even fit her they weren't her personality I don't know I am again maybe it's the four wing three I'm way more about being me than losing that to gain a bunch of followers. Yeah. Yes. I've, I've definitely struggled with this because before we started the podcast, of course I was, you know, trying, trying to write a book. So you, as you know, like platform building is huge. And so I just, everything about platform building, and I'm not saying that people who do platform build that that's wrong for them. But for me, it has always caused a visceral reaction in me whenever I, uh, I, there's all those tricks are being thrown at me about how to grow my email list and how to do this and how to do that. And, and those things are effective and they work if done properly, but those things don't fit me. Like, I feel like if I did those things, people who do know me would know that that's not me mm-hmm. because, yeah. you know, and so that was what was great about the podcast is, yeah. I mean, the purpose of the podcast is not to build a platform, but the podcast does not give me that visceral reaction it, it it feels like it's the right thing at the right time but there's all that pressure coming that you should be doing this and you should be doing that and and it just doesn't feel right to me it doesn't it doesn't feel like I'll be portraying who I am by doing yeah. that so yeah and it doesn't it doesn't put faith in God yeah like 
I, I know a girl. She uh, wrote an amazing Bible study. She didn't do the traditional pub- publisher stuff. I mean, I've seen the whole ring and roll with books. Uh, yes. Yes. I've seen all the different launching yes. options. Um, she didn't do that route. She trusted God. She actually um, herself managed to have it translated in all these different languages around the world because her goal was the calling, which was to share the good news. It wasn't to sell a lot of books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't her, her heart was right. I knew her, her heart was right. Her purpose was right. She wrote a great Bible study and she offered it to many, many, many different women around the world. And then a huge conference picked her study up to be their study that they give every attendee. Yeah. At the conference. She did not orchestrate that. She did not think that was the outcome of what she was doing. She was following God. She was doing the calling, which is to preach the good news and make disciples, which is what she was doing. And God is never, he's so gracious to not allow us to succeed when our heart is not right. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And even like back when I was going to, the book I was going to write, I did not want to write. FYI, FYI, <laughs> the, the agent came to me yeah, and said, do you want to write a book? Yeah. No. Yeah. Why don't you try? Okay. Try. And then if I would have written that book back then, that's total, like whatever I would have written back then, I didn't know what I was talking about. I had three young kids and a newborn. Really? Yeah. That's who should be writing a mothering book? <laughs> no, absolutely not. It would have been a pile of bricks or totally unrealistic. It was all theory. Nothing would have helped anyone. And so God's gracious that my agent was like, I don't think there's a market for this right now. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. So I think you really have to trust that we can have great plans and if the publishers need platform, that's fine. If you really believe in a book, publish it yourself. Yeah. God's bigger than all that. Yeah. I mean, if Justin Bieber can be found on YouTube, I'm just saying. (laughs) True. Yeah. It's not, we live in a very digital age. If something is amazing and I've seen a lot of books, there are amazing books and there are some really stinky ones that big publishers put out because someone had a platform. It's a stinky book. It's a terrible book doesn't matter. Publishers will catch up. They'll figure it out. But I just think if God's truly, truly assigned you to that way to spread the good news, and it's not about you, but it's about him and what he's doing, he will make it happen. Yeah. That's faith. That's faith. That's doing what's right in front of you and not trying to do all the tricks to figure out some system. You know, I think that's so encouraging for both of us, I think, because with the podcast, I mean, we, we have a small following, but it's loyal. And I think the whole time we've even been doing this, I've gotten the picture of the tortoise and the hare and we're the tortoise. And I don't like that because to me, like my, our success to me is like number, like, I want to see numbers. I want to know like, Oh, well this many. And to me, I'm like, gosh, our Instagram followers are the same as they've been. And like, you know, we've gotten like maybe, 20 new followers in two months or something. And to me, it just feels very frustrating because it almost feels like that's the, and I, and I, anyway, as I was processing this, I realized like, that's where I'm getting my confirmation from is from like Mm -hmm. other people. And I think a lot of us do that. And I think that 
our culture is sort of like wired that way where that's where we get it. And so it's really good to just have that reminder that like always, and it, I mean, focusing on the bigger picture, that is like, that can be an hourly thing sometimes, you know, cause it's just so easy. All that other stuff is coming at you from all these directions. And it's so easy to just be like, Oh my gosh, I don't have enough followers. We don't have enough downloads. Or like, is anyone listening? Like, and you know, with the podcast, sometimes I don't know if you feel like this now, but like, we're always like, who's listening to this? Like we have downloads. Well, that's the coolest part. <laughs> it doesn't even, this is the thing. Okay. David in the Bible really got in trouble for counting numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big trouble. When we think that, think about Jesus. He was not about the big numbers mm-hmm. yeah, at all. So the coolest thing about a podcast is it doesn't matter how many. Yeah. It matters who. Yes. He gets to bring them through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it's 500 or it's two. If the two need to hear truth and they've never heard it before, that could change their life. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And that could, you could be done at 25 episodes. And if it changed their life, yeah. that was all purpose. I mean, I, I think it is so easy to get caught up in the number thing, but just like any lie that we get caught up in or any unbelief is what that is. It's unbelief that God can do something even with the little and he's constantly in the Bible going smaller, constantly yeah. smaller. He's never about lots of big numbers that if he can do a lot with a little, then when I start believing, man, why are, why is our growth so slow or what's wrong with our numbers? You then immediately replace it with the truth. I am in the middle of God's will and I will trust him to do the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm following him faithfully. I will trust him with the outcome. And you just catch yourself in it mm-hmm. and you start believing that truth instead of the lie that I need to work. I need to hustle harder to be seen or I need to hustle harder to get other people's approval. I need to hustle harder to do something and change something. So people like me, mm-hmm. um, again, God's gracious. He's not going to let that growth happen. If that's your heart, because then what happens? Mm-hmm. It's just a bigger trap. Yeah. When is it enough? I am right. confident people that we know that have mil- a 1 million followers probably want 2 million. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Do you know what I'm saying? That's not it, yeah. Yeah. People that have a $5 million house want a $10 million house. Yeah. There always, is an empty hole yeah. in our soul that wants more, no matter how much we have. It always makes me think of the Rockefeller quote. He was asked one time by a reporter, how much money, this is Rockefeller. How much yeah. money is enough money? He said, just one more dollar. And you well, know, okay. he was the richest man in the world. Just one more dollar. You know? It goes yeah. back to the garden. Adam and Eve had everything. They had perfect union with God. They had any fruit they wanted to eat. They had a beautiful relationship between the two of them and God. And yet, that's not one fruit. That one that they aren't supposed to have. Yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. And so I think it's being honest. Like, I love Rebecca that you're being honest. Like, to to call it out so that shame lives in the dark. Yeah. Lies live in the dark. To call it out so then you can tell you have a partner. I wish I had a partner. Y'all have each other. We call each other out all the time. It's great. (laughs) I'm in that dark place. Remind me the truth. Even as a text, I need the truth right now. Like when you text her back the truth, um, that, that, that honors God. And even that sanctifying process, maybe for whatever new invention gets beyond podcasting, whatever the next thing is. Yeah. You don't know what journey you're on. You can never know. 
Yeah. You can never know, but you're faithful to spread the gospel and make disciples with what you have. And if you're meeting the needs of your people, they'll tell their friends. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. true. That's where real growth comes is yeah. if you're staying focused, not on doing what expert says to grow, but you literally know your people and what they need and you meet that need, then they'll say, wow, this, I really love this conversation. And they tell a friend. Yeah. You should listen to this. I, this really is changing my life. Mm-hmm. It's just like when we buy a certain brand of paper towels, we can't stop talking about it. You know, whatever. <laughs> that's what, you know, that's no, what it's is. true. It's like when something's really impactful. Yes. Yeah, yes. Really. So if it is helping, make something that's helping and, and focus on that instead of trying to play the number game. Yeah. So something you, you said a couple times, like, as long as you're in God's will and you know, you're in God's will, if someone's listening and they're like, I want to have an outlet right now, like maybe they're working and their job isn't super fulfilling, or maybe they're stay at home mom or whatever. And they want like an outlet. They want something to use their gifts and talents, but they're just not sure how to know that they're in God's will. Do you like how, I know this is like a personal question. I'm just curious. How do you feel like you know that? I think that anything, again, with those four questions about God's will, like if it is not going against something I know is true in the Bible, I was even talking to my boys about that the other day. Like you can line it up. If, if, if you're wanting to take revenge and you know that God says, in the Bible, yeah, well, okay, that's not God's will. Then it is not God's will. If it goes against something he has said, uh, I will often check with my husband, check with a couple of close friends that I know are in communion with God, but people also can be flawed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ultimately it's, it's nurturing that relationship with God and setting aside time in your day where it's you and God doesn't have to be hours. Like I said, but meet with him for me, my personality, it's being quiet with him. Yeah, I know I'm off course when I haven't spent enough quiet time, like not quiet time, like reading my Bible and checking things off the list, but just sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that being in the middle of God's will doesn't have to be as complex as seeing writing on the wall or, you know, there were a lot of people in the Bible that were used by God and they were in the middle of his will and they were uh, seemingly, you know, mess ups and screw ups, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you currently with, with the podcast, that's our mom podcast. You feel like you're, you're in the lane God has you in and, and I'm listening to him because we're changing everything. Yeah. Yeah. We're rebranding everything. Oh, everything. And that's scary. Yeah. But again, we are asking about how do I know I, in the last month of just, you know, Oh my gosh, this is a terrible decision. Three messages came to me of women who said uh, they were hesitant to listen when they thought it was when they heard God sent their mom, but they're so glad they did. They can see how Don't Mom Alone is going to be helpful for them to share with their friends. Mm -hmm. Like reinforcing the whys on why I feel like God's leading us to change and then getting feedback. I think, especially when we have one body of believers and one spirit. People can just say a comment to you yeah. and it resonates with you already, what you already feel like God's leading yeah. you to do. Yeah. And they don't even have to have insight into that's what you're processing, mm-hmm. but they can 
I, I've had friends do that in lots of different things. Like when we chose to homeschool one of our kids last year, two of our kids, random things that would were orchestrated to give confirmation. Yeah. That's what I wanted us to do, even though it was very illogical obedience. Like <laughs> any sense. So yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Those are my tips. You, any other thoughts? Things you've been dying to ask? Well, I guess my thing is I really appreciate that you call out the importance of the small stage and the small, like, cause I feel like nowadays everything's a brand, everything's a platform, you know, like it's, and it can be kind of exhausting. And I think a lot of people can even hear us talking right now and be like, okay, well, but you guys have a podcast, you know, like right. you at least have something you're doing or an Etsy shop or like whatever. Like, I guess I just want to give encouragement to that person who doesn't have, cause I remember just feeling like, so much pressure to have a side hustle. Cause I was like, everyone has a side hustle. I don't have a, and I was like, maybe I'll make soup. And it was just this whole thing. And I was like, what am I doing? But <laughs> I wasn't called to make soup in courts and like sell it, you know, also that's illegal by the way, <laughs> but, um, unless you're like, you know, registered as a business. But, um, <laughs> but I just, I want to give some encouragement to that person who maybe doesn't have a side hustle right now, but they have amazing gifts. Like, can you just speak to that? Cause I'm, yeah, yeah. I feel like we're kind of like talking about this, but we have side hustles. So I feel like it's yeah. like, you know, no, I, and I think what me saying, taking walks in your neighborhood, I think that's valuable to God. Mm-hmm. I think it's key. Who, who is your decider on what's valuable? That's the key. Yeah. Is the culture the decider or is God the decider? And if you really study his word, you can see that he is all about the small. And I think, uh, Melanie Schenkel. Yeah. And she wrote church of the small things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it, but, um, I know her and I know her heart and, um, she's all about that. The conversations. I mean, you could be a confirmer of God's will in someone's life by having saying one phrase. That's a small thing that could be a big thing, you know, in God's economy. So whatever you're doing, if you need encouragement that motherhood is bigger than what you're feeling like it is, read Sally Clarkson's Ministry of Motherhood. Mission of Motherhood? There's two. There's but yeah, yes. I don't remember. find the right one and link that one. <laughs> me was if I'm if I'm talking about to go and make disciples there's no one in this whole world that I will more impact their soul than my kids mm-hmm. yeah they first lived in well it lived inside me if I they weren't adopted but even if they were adopted you've known them they've lived with you you've touched them yeah not everyone I meet am I that they see the the bad days they see the good days they see how I process my bad days that's all really important in discipling yeah. someone yeah uh, I, I just, I, I never, ever, ever want to dis- diminish that role. And I think I feel for the millennials because there's such pressure on that generation to do all the things and to love it and to take good pictures of it and to make it by, from scratch and way more than my generation of moms. So I feel that like that you should have a side hus- hustle. Mm-hmm. That's that's a cultural pressure. It's a, yeah. That's a Harrison pressure. And you could start a new culture by saying don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. You could take on that as your thing is that you're going to be content and, and, and humbly occupy that God given space he's given you. Yeah. That's awesome. So as we're wrapping up, can you just tell us a little bit about the direction God's Your mom is going kind of what we can expect sort of like the future? Yeah. Yeah, so the podcast uh, has been Gotham, but then 
a listener started these clubs, these Uh podcast clubs where her small group would listen to them during the week and then discuss them together. And I loved the idea of not just moms by themselves listening with their earbuds, but um, talking and being in real life because I can't answer everyone's questions. I don't know everyone's story. And I'm such a big believer in mentors and friends walking alongside you. And also just you knowing that God constantly gives you a counselor with the Holy Spirit. So with that podcast club, we started using the hashtag don't mom alone. Mm-hmm. And so that is where we're going. It's We're going to launch don'tmomalone.com and the podcast will be under that name. And we're going to offer um, all kinds of new things that we're going to announce at the live event, September 28th <laughs> and 29th. We're going to launch the new brand and announce the new things at the live event, um, live events, September 28th and 29th. You can get tickets at godcentermom.com forward slash live. <laughs> and that's in Dallas, right? That's in Dallas. Come on. <laughs> you have no idea Atlanta, how much I wish I could. <laughs> like, that would be so fun. Um, I need so, to have one in Atlanta. I have a sister in Atlanta. I've already had someone reach out and want to plan something in Atlanta. So, Well, let us know because Seriously, we would be we happy to help. Be happy to help. Where does okay. your sister live? Sorry, off topic. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Okay. We'll talk about it later. Some, some side place. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I've never been to it. She moved from Dallas there. Oh, gotcha. So yeah. yeah. Um, well, awesome. So it's going to be called Don't Mom Alone Podcast. I'm clearly behind on podcasts because podcasting takes up your time to listen to them. So sorry. I didn't know <laughs> that was all happening. Starting one, I, I found that to be true. Yeah. 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 Well, that is really good. We're so excited. And I just, I believe so much in that mission. And like I said, it's just been so personally impactful for me. So I hope that all of our listeners, if you don't already listen, we will link to it. And I'm going to pick like maybe my top three favorite shows that I've heard and link those two. Curious to know what your top three are. Yes. Well, okay. we're the same four with a three wing. So I want to see if they're yours. You'll have to tell me when I pick them and link them if you agree. Okay. Okay. All right. Probably all okay. It's hard ones. for me to pick. It's like children. <laughs> I can't. I, I know. I know. And I'm the opposite. I'm a three with a four wing. So we're an interesting combo. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you so much, Heather. I think this is going to be really impactful for people. And we just so appreciate you taking your first day of freedom to talk to us. I hope you go do something fun now. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. I mean, probably or full laundry or whatever. I think yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to pick up the mess of the house from the summer. It's just a disaster over here. Oh, my God. Yeah. Me too. It's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it was so good to talk to you. And for everybody listening, we'll... I always like to say see you next time, but we don't actually see you, but you know what I mean. So talk, <laughs> talk to you next talk time. Soon. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.